You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson. Great to have you with us. It is time now for Counterpoint. And facing off tonight, Omar Khan, who's very, very feisty. He's the VP over. I had too much Easter chocolate already. That's what it is, yeah. Filled with with what? (laughs) Vice President over at uh, Hill and Knowlton Strategies and Jacqueline Jackie Dobson, former PC strategist. Okay, guys, let's start with the story that I just finished up on the phone with um, the godmother of a teenager. A real heartbreaking story that happened in Oshawa. And she is asking that the city, uh, you know, I guess, buy the house or somehow purchase a house, but they want the house gone. And this is where the remains of a teenager were found. Now, it's owned by somebody else. They rent it out. They still want to rent it out. And it would affect the neighbors as it's attached. What do you do in a situation like this? You know, when it came to Paul Bernardo, Carla Homolka, that house was was flattened. And mm-hmm. no, one, no one shed a tear over that. People wanted it gone. Uh, is this the same? I don't think so. And I think we have to be careful about an issue like this because we already have a rent control shortage um, of houses here in the GTA because of the green belt. So if we keep knocking down houses because bad things happen, I mean, it's a slippery slope. Like we start with this one and then where do we stop? This is a very tragic incident, but I mean, bad things happen in houses all the time. Would you rent there? It was in a basement, right? I don't. Know I believe where the killing was in a basement. I, would, I, would I don't rent, rent basements, so no. <laughs> I don't. I don't live in basements. I would not rent. But should it be tor- Should the city buy it? I mean, is this more? Of, is this a bigger picture as far as you know the community? The city has to look out for the community. No. So this is obviously this is a very sad story, and I feel and I feel for the grandmother. Um, there, sorry, there, grandmother. You know, I, I used to work for the Attorney General of Ontario. There are provisions um, in the criminal code that allow. Um, the crown to actually forfeit assets yep. of, of convicted murderers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have that in this case, right? So there's no direct link between the ownership or the deed yep. of that property and the crime. So look, I feel for the grandmother, but at the end of the day, I think this is something that the market should decide. I personally wouldn't rent or buy there. Um, but you know, somebody might want to, and yeah, I, I think as long as it's will. respectful, I think as long as it's respectful, the process is respectful uh, of the grandmother and, and the deceased. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is a, an area where the city should be sticking their nose into a private matter. I, I think it would be very, very difficult for the city to do anything. I mean, if the owner felt, okay, hey, um, you know, I'm willing to sell if you give me the money for it, and then they can do whatever they want. This person, the godmother's not asking for the house to be made into a park or anything. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care if the house is rebuilt. They just want it gone because it's become a bit of a looky-loo and people are posting and it's just a constant reminder. And Oshawa's a small... You know, yeah. the crime in itself is a heinous crime. It got a lot of attention. So with that come, you know, all the macabre uh, things hopefully, that go Hopefully with it. that'll die down over time. And this may sound creepy, but my few friends that have been able to afford homes here in Toronto have only been able to do so because someone previously had died in the house. It has to be stated, you know, on the documents when you're selling a property that someone died there and it decreases the value of it. So you ask, would I rent there? No, but would I potentially buy it? Perhaps because it'll be sold at a lot less than what it's worth. You clearly haven't watched Poltergeist. No, I have not. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, a story that you likely don't want to talk about, Mr. Uh, Mr. Khan. Um, when Kathleen Wynn sold off Hydro One, salaries of, uh, you know, it meant that we were no longer going to get the sunshine list of all those hydro workers. But uh, 
so the salaries of all top five execs are actually required to be made public. So today on the mm-hmm. Friday of a long weekend, well, it's a Thursday, Thursday, but it's a long weekend. The documents were made public at the very last moment. And we learned that the Hydro One exec in charge got a $1.7 million raise in 2017. So he made $4.5 million. He did such a great job bankrupting people, I guess. Now he gets $6.2 million. And to put this in perspective for our listeners, the Hydro exec of Quebec makes 543000 And from there in BC, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, they all make under Five hundred thousand. This is ludicrous. Yeah, ludicrous. Look, it seems exorbitant to me. Uh, I don't obviously. I don't know all the details. I'm just a pundit on a radio show. Well, the details uh, are six point two million dollars. Yeah, look, it seems for- it seems like a lot to me. Uh, you know, we have we have uh, hospital execs in this in this province who make uh, a lot less than that and run m- probably much larger organizations. But you know what much I would more say is clearly. you know Hydro One is useful. is a, is a publicly traded company now. It is no longer a crown corporation. We, we own a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, we own, we own about forty We own about forty cent, forty percent. Um, but you know, I think I think it's important to talk about uh, why the government made a decision uh, to divest some of the ownership of the company, and well, that was to that was to essentially leverage um, the value of those shares to invest. It was in a major, one, to, one on, time on, dump. It was to, a one to, time to, dump to, to, to pay, invest to pay in down major the infrastructure investments across the province, including now a high speed rail between Toronto and Windsor. Oh, come the issue on. That came out from today. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> the, yeah, okay. Right? The issue you, about what happened today is not why the province decided to divest its shares last year. Right. Yeah. The issue today is that you have a CEO of a company that mm-hmm. has basically bankrupted the province on their hydro bills, making more money. So you guys say, and by you, I'm pointing at Omar, you guys say you want a fair Ontario, you care about Ontario, whatever the title of the budget was yesterday, fair care... Farm yeah. care, dental care, whatever. Yeah. But how is that fair? But the main thing is, is that not only did the budget yesterday show us that the liberal government is not necessarily able to manage the province's money, it clearly shows today through this report that the liberals, being the largest shareholder of the Hydro One, are not able to properly represent. So is Doug Ford going to fire the board? Not, we're not going to do budget yeah. next segment. Is Doug Ford, no, but is Doug Ford going to fire the board of Hydro One? That's what I don't we're know what he's going right to do, now. and that, that's so what we're you talking about. The liberals, the no, I can blame the liberals. So is he going to do that? Is he well, said hold anything? Hold on a second, because you're spinning this. Because Doug Ford isn't running it, and he didn't make the decision to sell it. So I don't know what Doug Ford will do. Well, he was hiding from the media today. Who cares what he was doing? His handlers wouldn't put him in front of the media. Who cares? Well, if you want to be the premier of this province, you should be able to stand up. He's not the premier of this province. But if you're running to be the premier in two and a half months, you should have the guts to stand up in front of. But he has nothing to d- and answer these important questions. Important Maybe questions. Well, hold on. He has nothing to do with this issue. He did not sell off Hydro for a one-time dump to, to bring down the deficit. Yeah, but if he's going to criticize he it, not, he has to be able to say what else he's going it. to I'm do. I'm criticizing it. He didn't say anything about it, but I am because everyday people who have been either forced to sell their businesses, horse farmers who lost their farms, people who were uh, on, on fixed incomes who couldn't pay their bills, they must look at this and say, are you kidding me? $6.2 million? You got a $1.7 million raise and we all got screwed that's the story this has nothing to do with andrew horvath or doug Look, Gordon. one day we're going to have a full discussion for the whole show on the history of you know uh bad decisions in terms of energy management in this province there's Go- lots of blame going to go back around. to the bill davis that's era that's fine there's lots right? of blame so but there's for a lot the last of blame 15 to go years around. i agree the blame Look, goes to I, your I, government I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the decisions over the last 40 years were ill thought out including 
the decision of the Harris Eves government to, oh, come on. Free, to okay. freeze rates. Let's go to the 15 to, to, years. To, to freeze rates. That's fine, but you're, you can't okay. go back Hold that on. many years. You've finish. had 15 no, years. Well, because when you freeze rates from 1990 until 2005, that means there's no investment going into the system. Fact so all of, of a sudden, you have is... pent up demand for infrastructure investments that you got to pay for somehow. And that's what we're seeing today. Right. Well, we're also so seeing today to fail. I mean, this is what you call failing upwards. I mean, could you imagine? Getting a, <laughs> uh, can I get a job like this? I, I would do it for like, I do it for like nickels. Fact of the matter nickels. is nickels. The <laughs> province being the largest shareholder of Hydro One is able to yeah. talk and push back on salary hikes like this, not only for the CEO, but also for the whole board. And Absolutely. if you read the report that was published today, it shows that even the board voted in favor of their own salary increases. Like if I'm the premier, I'm saying, guys, this is not acceptable. This is the rule. It's not good it's optics not ex- for her. It's terrible. I agree. It's it's, it's not great optics. And you know, that's stop, why I'm period. hoping we're moving on to the next subject. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Omar, because you just (laughs) said so much in just that one statement. All right. We will move on to a break. All right. 828. And when we come back, we'll talk budget. Okay? You guys can get it all out on the table. (laughs) Alex Pearson here. You're listening to CounterPoint. We will be back here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. CounterPoint facing off today. We've got... Jacqueline, am I said Jackie or Jacqueline? Let's say Jackie. Let's say Jack. Okay. Jackie, Jack, uh, Jack Dobson, uh, former PC strategist and Omar Khan, VP over at uh, Hill Knowlton. Yeah, Hill and Knowlton's right. I yeah, and it, I think we should tell the listeners I'm, uh, I'm oh. vice president of the Ontario Liberal Party. Oh, really? Just so folks know where I'm coming from. Just so folks know. Okay, you know what? It's catching on for you guys. Well, we should say a lot of the pundits who are politically, uh, you know, work politically are now being pulled into the campaign so yeah. you're not yeah. alone lots of them yeah. it, this yeah. just happens in election cycle and they mm-hmm. all get get into the cycle but good to, to declare that we'll talk about the speech today shall we of kathleen Wynne, where she um i look she she said it was going to be a stark decision in the next election i'd say the fear-mongering uh, it's been going on for a while but certainly we set the tone fact-mongering because she is campaigning on the care versus cuts which by the way is a very interesting slogan because wasn't that what the doctors used care not cuts but anyway she's now using that against the liberals and she cares and doug ford will cut and yeah, uh, against actually the liberals she'll say just brought in the biggest health care investment in a and decade. Well, i haven't even asked the question <laughs> okay, and Omar, she says that he will bulldoze the province and you know what i think a lot of people will say good i'll help him buy the bulldozer because <laughs> they are sick of this yeah except if you actually need to use <laughs> hospital except if you rely on social assistance except if your mom needs home care except if you want daycare for your kids this guy has said he's gonna take six billion dollars out of the ontario budget that's over five is that what he said yes oh yes yeah if you if you can so if you if you look at jim stanford uh economist with unifor former economist from oh, Unifor, union former guy. economist okay. for, former okay, uh, J- mike moffitt with the yeah. ivy school of business and canada 2020 who works for a left-wing economist. think tank yes okay yeah, right. well every no, i guess every policy think tank is left-wing well, for they some, know, some people right no but they are a left-wing think okay. tank just so, like so, fraser so, is a right so two well-respected economists have said uh, uh over six billion dollars out of the budget i think uh i think uh moffitt's numbers are about 25 billion over the four-year oh, mandate on a second are you still are you on. spinning that Canada 2020 that ma- imagination op-ed? Okay, but but numbers don't lie. So you can you can add up no, Omar, the they lo- definitely do you, not. Can, you can add up the lost <laughs> revenue from getting rid of a carbon tax, and you can add up cutting two percent across the board, and it's six billion. Um, there is no way that you can do that without taking a bulldozer to those services that I just talked about. You can say it all you want. 
You, you know, it's fake news. He has look, so fast still matter, as you say. News. It's fake news. Look at what he did at City Hall. Exactly. Look at what he did spending. at City Hall. He, he did not homeless fire spending. a single oh person. He rolled back things. He made efficiencies, but not a single person lost their job. Are you seriously going to defend the Ford record at Hold City on Hall? A second. Are you seriously going to use an op-ed piece that was written on a maybe what if of numbers that haven't even been put out? Because that's ridiculous. Because if you look at your budget yeah. from yesterday, in order to get that path that Mr. Souza put out, which is apparently riddled with boulders and jagged of ice and, yeah, and glass, I wouldn't want anybody walking down that path. $6.7 billion, you either have to cut $6.7 billion or raise taxes to earn $6.7 billion just to get you out of the hole. Oh, and by the way, all of us sitting at this table are having our income taxes raised. Well, okay. I, that you know I don't care about. It's 200 yeah, bucks a year. It, I'm okay it, with that. I, I, I would have to... So my taxes are going up 170 bucks. You know, I don't have any kids. If I were to have a kid, I would save $17,000 on preschool for the first child. Hold on. I'd have to work 100 years and I still would be making a saving on that off just one kid. This is the difference between liberals and conservatives. Oh, my God. Progressives, progressive liberals believe that it's okay sometimes to go into deficit. If you're spending on something that's progressive, that's that's productive for the economy. But if, socialist if, liberals if, if, believe if you, if you in actually to, just going into deficit if you talk and, to, and If you talk there. to the vast majority of economists in this country, they will say the two most important things you can do to stimulate the economy is provide uh, more access to higher learning, which this government has done. Through I thought that the go- through wait, 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 hold on. No, I need to stop you there because you're telling us we need to stimulate the economy, which you guys are saying is doing so fantastically well. It is doing well, well but it's not, oh, it's so not filtering well. down to everybody. It's okay. not filtering down to everybody. Right. So economists will well, say... Well, that's socialism. Economists that's will say the two, the two most important things you can do is uh, increase access to higher learning, which this government has done by, by providing free tuition for about 200,000 kids. And... For- and Remove, remove, jobs, but that's okay. Remove barriers for the working poor to enter the workforce, and the biggest barrier. I'm going to be the working poor the, after the big, I pay for all this biggest, stuff. Yeah, 170 bucks. The biggest barrier faced mm. by a lot of working poor families is the cost of childcare. This government just said, you know what? We're putting seventeen thousand dollars back in your pocket. That's good economic policy, and that's good social policy. It's socialism. You can call it what you want, but it's it is good socialism. economic policy and it's oh. good social policy because it's putting $17,000 back into the pockets of people who are going to enter the workforce. Right, and those children, Jackie, when they're um, 40, will have to pay it all back. Yeah. Someone's going to have to pay for this. They're racking up the biggest credit card bill, and I don't know about you, but I don't manage my personal finances this way. If I was to accrue this much debt and interest, not only would I be out of a credit card because they would cut me off, but I would probably be out of my house. But here's the thing. Which I don't. Mr. Ford, I guess Mr. Which, Ford's going to roll the policy well, We don't back. know what he's going to do, so you can't say anything. I mean, the bottom line is your government has had 15 years to do the things that are so crucial now, and why didn't they do it then? And you can't, we did. No, you didn't. You put $4 billion into healthcare, and it, and it hired a bunch of fat cat executives to work in these agencies across the province to push pencils, and you fired 1,600 <laughs> we nurses. We lowered wait times. We, we reduced... What, we in brought hallways? In f- full-day kindergarten. In hallways. Full-day kindergarten. We capped class sizes at 23. We brought in capital investments into education. The OECD ranked Ontario's education system four years ago as number one in the world. We made great progress. There's more to do. And look, the world economy no, is changing. Enough. You've there, done there, enough. There's choppy economic <laughs> work. Take enough. a seat. <laughs> the voter, you know, and the voters, have this, the voters have brought us back the last three elections. We'll see what they do this time.
Well, I got to be honest. Even 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 the most hardcore liberals that I'm talking about are 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 not feeling it this time. No, for sure. I think this budget yesterday showed us that we're living in the People's Republic of Ontario. And <laughs> for me, like I almost find part of this budget insulting because why do I need the government to decide everything for me? Where where because does that they know best? Do they? Apparently, yeah. they know best. Well, because if you I make thirty-five thousand dollars a year and live in Malvern, uh, you know, I would make thirty-five thousand dollars a year you're, working you're, at you're Queens gonna, Park. You're going <laughs> to really appreciate uh, the fact that you no longer have to worry about whether or not. Um, you know, having a kid is going to keep you out of the workforce. But hold on a second. You your no longer have to worry about whether or not you can afford to go to it college like or to go to university. It sounds like I need to have to start getting all these benefits. But your government <laughs> made the cost of living too expensive. Maybe if your government actually reduced the cost of living and made it so that people could afford it instead of taxing them or making it so that hydro, which is essential, was un- wasn't un- wasn't un- unaffordable, they'd be okay. So, so again, facts matter. Personal, personal what's income fa- tax. What's not pers- factual about the, the hydro? You guys the, screwed the it up. Personal income took tax. Took out a bank loan to talk, artificially talk, reduce it. You're talking it. about taxes. The personal income tax, and the, so first of all, the corporate tax rate in, in Ontario is the lowest in the country. The personal income tax rate is uh, in line with the mean rate across the country. Yes. Uh, can we do more to find savings and alleviate cost pressures for middle class families? Absolutely. That's why we're moving on pharmacare. That's why we're moving on things like. Um, uh, free uh, preschool for kids. Free. Pharmacare, dental care, child care. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Last year, I recall the finance minister, Jacqueline, had been saying, you know, we are going to balance the book. The the talking point was... Yeah, balance the books for about half an hour. And then saying, but the talking point, and I recall it specifically, was we're not going to burden kids of the future with Mm -hmm. carrying deficits and debt. Mm -hmm. And apparently that is not a concern anymore. Well, I think it's a concern until they figure out who's winning the election. Right. This is an election budget full of promises, well, full of politics. Is it is an election budget? Of course, there's an election in two and a half months, <laughs> and we have to put a plan in front of the people of Ontario. I'd love to see Mr. Ford's plan. So far, all he says is he doesn't care about climate change. He doesn't care about ripping six billion dollars out of the budget. You know, I'd love oh. to see yeah, his he plan. Yeah, so he doesn't care because he's hiding. That. He's hiding all day today from the media. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see some accountability and some plan Perhaps from somebody who wants to be the premier. Platform in two and a half months. that you're looking for, Omar. I know he's been How can he write the platform if he's in front of the media? all day to be scrutinized by you oh yeah well accountability is really bad i guess yeah well look he'll (laughs) be judged on his platform and he will be judged harshly which takes not a good platform it takes more than two or three weeks you guys know that but you know time will tell and trust me if it's not a decent platform he'll hear about it and i'll go vote for trillium or someone else i'm just saying the budget we saw last uh, yesterday is a direct it's so far left I mean, the only thing you guys forgot to deliver were free hammers and sickles. So I'm looking forward to seeing what in the budget Mr. Ford and the Ontario Conservatives are going to roll back. They have the, they have a duty to tell the people of Ontario they do. what they're going to change. I hope they do. Once it comes look, out. There's qu- no question things that can be reduced and f- and efficiencies to be found. No question. Let's see where the $6 billion comes from. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, guys. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> Jacqueline Dobson and uh, Omar Khan. You know it's only going to get tougher, eh? This is We're going, in, we're going into it. the end game. Good stuff. Great good way sport. to start the weekend. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Omar Khan, Jacqueline Dobson joining us here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.